Act 4, Adventures on Centaur. Alex sat up on the bridge, looking out of the Deerstalker Nebula. They'd made their first skip practically an autopilot. Now he waited for the nav computer to finish chewing on the coordinates for center. A few moments later, the console beeped at him, and he slapped the green stud that sent them careening into hyperspace. He moved down into the lounge and sat at the only table with a few drawers in it. Quickly he made a list of the items he would have to buy when they reached center. Drawing up the list took longer than he thought, as the alarm sounded, indicating that they were within five minutes of emergence. Folding up the piece of paper, he hoped he had covered everything and moved back to the bridge. Sliding the levers forward, the Karmacant dropped out of hyperspace a mere 35 AU from center's gas-giant companion. It was the size of Jupiter, with a bluish-white atmosphere. This really threw him for loops, since even military drives took almost six skips. With stops for star sightings and such, and the obligatory 36 to 48 hours, depending on reserve reactor power, for recharging the capacitors, he marveled at just how different Barnard's little freighter was compared to other ships of the same design. As he sat looking once more at the controls, he got a call over his ship's comm system from Central Control. Central Control to Barnard Star, stand down and prepare for a customs inspection came a metallic voice over the ship's comm system. On whose authority? Alex countered, knowing that Center was a navigation-free zone. Unless Center security wanted you, no ships ever got searched, at least not by Center's forces. On the authority of Emperor Tiberius I, now stand down, the voice commanded. Alex laughed and did a quick scan of the area. According to his ship's rather highly advanced sensors, another system he thought belonged on either a Burkhalter, or the new Los Angeles class of heavy battlecruisers, the only vessel close enough to do a customs inspection was a Dragoon, a light-system defense gunship. It was equal in mass and displacement to his Comerkant, but it had five times the firepower. He quickly ran the ship's silhouette through his hopped-up war book, and in a flash, he had his answer. Until he's black, I should have known, he said aloud, even though the comm line was dead. Settling into the helmsman's chair, he brought the main drives online. The deck plates under his feet vibrated and hummed as he quickly accelerated the unloaded comerkant toward the behemoth that was center. Flipping several switches, he brought the tiny freighter's shields online, shields more powerful than should be mounted on a mere comerkant. The dragoon matched his maneuver and made for an intercept. Antilles Black is a pirate in the Carcosa cartel. He often sold his services to the Empire for a letter of mark so he could raid shipping in and around center. When things got too hot for him, he would skip away to a friendly Imperial port for resupply and R&R. When things at center had died down, he would return and harass the illicit shipments coming and going to center. Today, however, proved to be a bad day for harassing merchant shipping, as he would soon find out. Alex maneuvered his ship like a starfighter, performing maneuvers which the design engineers had never allocated for in the ship's original spec sheets. Cigna appeared on the bridge behind him, gripping the back of his chair, as he sent the ship into a dizzying barrel roll with an inverted loop at the end. Yes, kitten, he said, not taking his eyes off of the controls or sensor readouts, as pulses of emerald green disruptor energy arced past the bridge view screen. Are we under attack, master? she asked, keeping a firm grip on the back of his seat, as Alex flinched at a near miss. She didn't need to hear the answer, as she saw the beams narrowly miss the ship. The Dragoon was closing from his starboard aft quarter at nearly 10% of the speed of light. The distance between the two ships was down to five-digit kilometers as Cigna hopped into the navigator's chair 
and began a preheat of their own disruptors. A holographic sphere, roughly a meter in diameter, appeared in front of her station, showing the pursuing dragoon. It also did a brief tactical overlay of the star system, showing how far away they were from the protective umbrella of Center's main batteries. She noted that Alex had done well not to let the dragoon place itself in between them and Center. You're a very good pilot, Master. You would have made your father very proud, she said as she smiled at him. He gave her a quick wink and went back to dodging the disruptor beams as they carved space all around them. Bridge, crash restraints, please, Signa barked as a passive laser restraint system engaged, holding both her and Alex into their chairs. Alex seemed to breathe easier, now that he didn't have to concentrate on both flying and holding himself into the chair. Thanks, kitten, Alex said as a blast of disruptor fire found his mark, striking their shields just after thruster engineering, sending the small freighter skittering to port like a kicked ball. Aft shield at 65% and holding, 